0: Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. We thank the Lord for the opportunity to come back once again uh, to pick up uh, in the word of God. We are continuing uh, in our study of uh, accountability and knowing the enemy. We started this out uh, three lessons ago, and uh, it has been a wonderful lesson so far. This is another lesson in the Bible Matters uh, series of Bible studies that we do, and we are thankful uh, to God that we have this uh, Bible study series. But the last lesson, uh, which was Lesson 3, today we pick up in Lesson 4, we talked about uh, quite a bit more concerning Uh, the kingdom of Satan. Now we started out talking about accountability. Okay. And uh, from there, we sprung board into um, talking about knowing or understanding the enemy. Now the base scripture that we were using is second Chronicles uh, chapter 12, verses one through two. Okay. So one and two, and then um, if you skip down, um, we pick up at verses five, and we take it through verse eight. Okay, so Second Chronicles chapter twelve, verses one and two, and then verses five through eight. Okay, and this uh, scripture set tells the story of the successor to Solomon, so King Rehoboam, and what transpired under his leadership. Um, in under his um, his leadership, the kingdom of Israel was um, divided. Uh, so while he was king, um, the 12 tribes split up, uh, 10 tribes forming the uh, kingdom of Israel or the nation of Israel, and the two remaining tribes of the 12 uh, forming what would be known as the, uh, the kingdom of Judah, okay? And um, the Bible teaches us in this scriptures set that Rehoboam uh, and the kingdom um, they strengthened themselves, and when they got to a certain point, they um, they made a move like many of us, so many times, um, have done. They forsook the law of the Lord. Okay, and we talked a little bit about um, what it meant to forsake the law of the Lord, because. It does not mean that you stop believing in God when a person, uh, when a group of people forsake the law of the Lord. We got a lot of churches right now. They have forsaken the law of the Lord. And when somebody forsakes the law of the Lord doesn't mean that they don't love God, doesn't mean that they don't um, have a knowledge of God. No, but forsaking the law of the of the Lord means that you are no longer doing what the Bible says and there's plenty of people who know God who know about God who have been saved amen according to the scripture according to the Bible way not a not a manufactured uh, way but the Bible way and they have re received their salvation according to uh, the book of Acts chapter 2 verses um, 36 and all the way through um that means that their salvation experience, if you were to ask them, uh, do they know they're saved, they, 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 uh, what they would describe would be on par with what the Bible says, um, the, what we see in the book of Acts concerning how the church received the Holy Ghost, okay? Uh, many people have done this, have received the spirit of the Lord, have received the Holy Ghost, but they take their eyes off of god we take our eyes off of god and we put it on any and everything else and what can happen when we undertake such a practice is is that we can run into the trouble of forsaking the law of the lord okay and that really means that we're no longer following and obeying the word of god the way the word of god was given to us. It could mean that you are following tradition. It could mean that you're following a version of the word, meaning that you're doing part of it, um, but you're not doing all of it. Any one of those um, manifestations, so to speak, of forsaking the law of the Lord, um, all rightfully fall under that category. They are a forsaking, of the law of the Lord and Rehoboam and the kingdom, they strengthened themselves and they forsook the law of the Lord, meaning that when they got strong, they started, you know, uh, relying on themselves and no longer uh, relying on God. And so that caused the problem. And um, ultimately what uh, happened there because of all of this, they ended up walking away from God, so to speak. Okay. They still believe God. They didn't think they were. I submit that they didn't think they had walked away from God. They probably thought that they were following God. Just as many of us when who forsake the law of the Lord, we think that we are still in league. We're still right with God. Many people decide, you know what? I don't have to do all of this. I don't want to do all of that. And, and as things go, they get tired of, um, of, of of following the commands of the Lord, somebody gets in their ear and starts to try to convince them that it's doing too much and that it doesn't take all of that. And before you know it, that is a message that agrees with the nature, um, that human nature. And before you know it, little compromises start to come into our walk, compromises surrounding the things that we were uh, when we we are we were originally taught and learned that these things are contrary to the Scripture. Someone it's co- or something came along and convinced us that it is not, that we can actually do a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and we can still be right with God. Family, that is a lie. And it doesn't work that way. Okay. God's way is holy and it is all the way other and all the way different from what people do in the world. And I, I'm and I, I don't want to sugarcoat that and I don't want to misrepresent that. So let me just make that plain. The scripture teaches that God's way is not our way and his thoughts aren't even our thoughts. And this is absolutely true. You're not I will not be able to gain entry into heaven serving God according to my own specification. It is not going to work and it is not going to happen. And many of us are guilty of trying to float that boat down God's stream. And and the problem is, he torpedoes it and sinks it every single time. Unrighteousness and holiness, they don't mix. So do yourself a favor. No matter who you are, as I say, no matter when you're listening to this and where in the world you're listening to this, do yourself a favor a favor. Stop with the compromises. Everything that you're coming up with to try to explain and justify doing something just a little bit different
1: than what the Lord told you to do, you need to stop. Do you hear what I'm telling you? From
0: It, it, it really doesn't matter what it is. Stop trying to give God the service that you want and start giving him the service that he wants. It is a sacrifice. It does mean you are going to have to let go, but it is the way. And so we talked about, um, Rehoboam, and all of these things, and and the problem with it was was that Rehoboam landed in in the kingdom in some hot water because they left God. You know, um, they jumped out of the God's hand, and they jump right into the hand of the enemy. Amen. And by the hands of God, what we mean is, is that they decided that they weren't going to operate according to the desired will of God. And whenever we do that, whenever someone decides, I'm not going to operate according to the way God wants me to. What you are doing is is you're jumping out of the hands of God in a way, and you are squarely and firmly landing in the hands of the enemy. Because there are only two sets of hands. They're either God's hands or it is the devil's hands. Okay? Amen. You need to know that. Just a little bit. The Bible says a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. It doesn't, it doesn't take much to start walking in reverse. Of God's desired will and walking in the will of this world. This is what Rehoboam did. And because of that, well, they had to deal with the king of Egypt, uh, King Shishak. Verse five told us um, something. It told us that thus saith the Lord, ye have forsaken me before have I left you in the hand of Shishak. So we learned about accountability and all of these different things, accountability. And the point of it is, is that because When we rebel against God, and make no mistake about it, when you start actually um, walking contrary to what the word says, or you're going to change it up just a little bit, you're going to do it a little bit different than what God told you to do, um, but you're going to still try to call yourself following God, here's what that is, that's called rebellion. And the Bible teaches that rebellion in the book of Samuel teaches us that it is as the sin of witchcraft, okay? It is, it is a seducing, bewitching sin that leads to more sin and more ungodliness and greater compromises, okay? Now, when you do this, when you walk outside of this and you begin to rebel, I begin to rebel against God, okay? All right, now, when I decide to do that, I land, as we said before, in the hands of the enemy. And so that is what, where we pick up this narrative or this teaching on understanding the kingdom of the enemy, okay? Understanding um, our enemy. Because when you leave God's hands, you enter Satan's hand, all right? And what this study is about Is making sure you understand full well before you get into the devil's hand, because I know some people listening to it, that to the devil's hand you going. Because you won't listen. You won't obey the word. You have stopped obeying the word in the simplicity of what it has been given. And now you can only do it in the complexity of man's overlay. You got all this stuff that don't have nothing to do with God. And you don't realize you are so far contrary to the word of God because you're doing it your own way. The Bible tells us, though, lean not to your own understanding, but in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Amen. For Proverbs teaching us that that wonderful truth. Amen. You need to understand. Just what you're in store for when you exit the hands of God, meaning the desired will of God, the plan that God has for you, and you decide to follow your own plan, which is synonymous with following the devil's plan. Okay. There ain't no God's plan, your plan, and then the devil's plan. So let me make that plain it's God's plan, and then it's the devil's plan. Your plan and the devil's plan are in cahoots. So your plan is the devil's plan. You just don't realize it. Unaided by the Holy Ghost, you need to understand your plan and the devil's plan are going, they're going to skip down the road singing Kumbaya. Yes, they are. Why? Because there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is that of death. It's the ways of death. That is what the word of God teaches. And it teaches that in multiple places. Within the scripture. So again, there is no God's plan, the devil's plan and your plan, your plan and the devil's plan. That's one and the same thing. Yeah,
1: I know people I know some some there are people who will who have a problem with that. But I but I don't care. That's just what it is. Your plan. The devil's
0: plan. They one in the same. Now, if you don't want your plan to be the devil's plan or to promote the devil's plan and be in league with the devil's plan, if you don't want that, then you better line up and be obedient to God's plan because it's his way or the highway. Amen. Okay. Now, understanding that, okay, then we move into understanding the nature of the enemy's kingdom just what is all of that okay now last week we told you about um we recapped the names of of satan we, we we did all of those different things we built on all of that okay we explained um we explained not only his titles okay um we also explained that there is a demonic realm okay and it and and satan is the is the leader of that realm or that kingdom okay the demonic realm we learned is its own kingdom and satan is the leader and you can take a look at luke chapter 11 look at verses 17 and 18 and you'll understand what we're talking about okay satan's that demonic realm that realm that satan operates in that is a kingdom in and of itself and satan is the leader Okay. We also talked about the character of Satan, talked about how his character is fallen. We talked about how Satan is a liar. Okay. We also talked about how Satan operates, um, as um uh a- 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 operates as a wild beast okay his mannerism talking about the way he, the way he carries on okay in that he takes on that mentality of a predator and we said um and for scriptures for this uh to back all of these things up when we talked about satan is fallen we looked at isaiah 4 14 12 through 17. Okay. And Ezekiel 28, 12 through 19. Those are going to be your scriptures that, um, that show you that Satan is fallen. Okay. Amen. His character is fallen. He is fallen. Okay, those are your scriptures for that. We said that Satan is a liar, and for that you're going to look at John chapter eight verse forty-four. That's going to show you that. That's your scripture you're going to use to uh, to back that up. Then you also have we said that Satan operates as a wild beast. He's a predator. Okay, First Peter five seven through nine. That's the scripture set that you're going to use for that. And in addition to that. Amen. John 10 and 10 these talk about those aspects. So those are some things that we learned about Satan when we began to talk about his character, okay? So we know that he has a kingdom, okay? We know that he he has a he has a kingdom, that demonic realm is its own kingdom. The scripture refers to it according to the prince of the power of the air. The power of the air, that phrase refers to that kingdom, okay? That's another phrase that refers uh, to that. So we know that he has a kingdom and we know that his cha- and we know these elements or aspects of his character. We also learned something that his character is not. He tries to perpetrate like it is, but the reality is it is not. And this is actually good news for us. We learned that Satan is not omnipresent. Now, omnipresent is just a fancy word that basically means everywhere at the same time. Okay. Satan is not everywhere at the same time. He is not. Satan is a created being. He is a a fallen angel. And angels were not created. According to scripture, there is no instance where an angel is ever, ever described as being able to be everywhere at the same time. Literally, no. An angel can only be in one place at a time. Okay? He cannot be in multiple places at the same time now satan tries to give the illusion of that and the way he does that is is because while satan himself is not able to be in every place at the same time this is why you got it look don't when people go go around talking about the devil made me do it just bypass them just go on ahead i'm i'm giving you permission right now to ignore them they don't know what they're talking about Half the time they're talking about the devil made made them do it. No, that's just their own flesh out of control. Okay? The devil cannot be everywhere at the same time. Because of this, that means that Satan needs to be strategic in what he does. In other words, what I'm telling you is Satan ain't got time. If he want to build his kingdom and get his thing over, he ain't got time to focus all his attention on little old you. No. Little old me. No. Some people make it seem like the like I mean I'm telling you they open up the drawer and the devil pop out. They open up the closet and the devil pop out. It, I mean you know what I'm saying? They everything the devil is in the the the, the road bump. The devil is in the Do you get what I'm telling you? There there people who go too far. They do they do too much. You got permission to ignore them. Okay. Satan can't be everywhere at the same time. So he needs to be strategic. That means that Satan really probably needs to focus on those people or those things that are going to net him the most influence. Okay. That don't mean he ain't gonna never cross your path and deal with you.
1: That just simply means he ain't gonna cross your path and deal with you 24 7. He ain't got time for that. Do you hear what I'm saying? Now, the reason why it looks like
0: that is because although Satan cannot be everywhere at the same time, he is, the Bible teaches, little G-O-D, God of this world, okay? Meaning the systems of this world, the governments of this world, the way of the world, so to speak, okay? They are all influenced by Satan. So, while Satan cannot be physically at the same place at the same time anywhere in the world. No, his influence is all around the world. So he can't presently be there, but that does not mean his message is not there or his messengers are not around. And that's why it looks like that, like he's everywhere at the same time. No, it's not that he's everywhere at the same time. His message is saturated, has saturated this world and so his message is everywhere his propaganda is everywhere his lies are everywhere but he himself, no he ain't everywhere Mm-mm. no no, 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 no no, and no, and no he don't have that angels cannot be everywhere at the same time It just it's not going to happen it's not going to happen we use as a scripture to back that up we use Revelation 2, 12 through 13, where um, the seat of Satan, Satan's uh, his influence, his power, it's mentioned, is referenced as a seat and God knowing where it is. This is Jesus talking in Revelation, okay? And talking specifically saying that he knows where his seat is. He knows where he dwells. And he says that basically alluding to and bringing in to us, bringing knowledge to us that guess what? Wherever Satan is, there is he, there, that is a location. Satan will be at a location. He has many locations and he can only be in one of them at one time. So when you get people talking about the devil made me do it, nah, no, 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 no. Your lack of many times, their lack of disobedience, their willful negligence, and their out of control flesh is the reason why they are doing whatever it is that they're doing. It is because they will not
1: allow themselves to be disciplined by the Holy Ghost. They want to do their own thing. They do not want to submit to divine authority. Okay? Amen. Amen. And those are things that you need to know. Okay? Luke 11 and
0: 24 also brought something very interesting. Um, The Bible talked about unclean spirits and and the nature of them when they go out of a man. And the Bible teaches that he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, okay? And we learned that unclean spirits, all right, they don't like to be um, disembodied, so to speak, if that's a word or phrase. In other words, they don't want to just be out in their form, in spirit form. They don't want to do that. They don't want to just be out and about like that. OK, they, they love to take up residence. OK, and so the Bible says in finding none, he said, I will return unto my house. Whence I came out. Notice the unclean spirit
1: says I will return to my house. Now, my house is. My house. Okay. Let me explain something to you because we did talk a little bit about demon possession, and we'll get
0: back to that also, just a little quick recap or whatever else it is. Satan cannot possess. When people try to talk about they just possessed by Satan or all that kind of more than likely what that means usually is that they're possessed by an unclean spirit. Okay. And they can have multiple unclean spirits. But a unclean spirit, wherever that unclean spirit resides, if it's with, you know, that is the location that he's at. That same unclean spirit, that exact same unclean spirit cannot inhabit one per two people at the same time. No. That would be a different. An, whatever unclean spirits are in a person, residing in a person, Those are the unclean spirits within that person. Somebody else who's possessed or has all that, they got a different set of unclean spirits. Do you understand? If Satan was to possess a person, okay? Let's get that real. Let's get this straight. If Satan himself was to possess an individual, he could not possess multiple individuals at the same time. Whoever he possessed, that's who he would be residing in. And the point that I'm driving home is, again, Satan and unclean spirits, These fallen in. They are not omnipresent, no matter how much they lie, no matter how much they try to make it um, do that, no matter how much Hollywood try to make it seem like that, no matter how much misinformation tries to paint it off like that, they are not. And you need to understand that. OK, you need to understand that. All right. Now, they don't like to just be all out and about. And they love willing vessels. Okay. We are and and from there we sprung board into the conversation about the uh, uh, the next aspect of Satan's kingdom. We know that he has a kingdom, and so we and, and and we know and we've learned about his titles and his nature. We understand that, okay. Now we start we 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 continue in the building on the structure of the kingdom. Now, the last time we said that um, we dealt with the demons okay and we said these demons or these fallen angels or unclean spirits these 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 individuals okay these spirit beings they are also part of satan's kingdom okay
1: and these other angels they take up the roles of
0: taskmasters, and I'm just using this to try to describe. It's not that the Bible says that they are their taskmasters. No, 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 no. I'm simply trying to describe to you the structure of the enemy's kingdom to try to give you some uh, uh, references or some analogies, so to speak, that you can use to try to say, okay, this is this, this is that. Oh, this would be the equivalent of that. Right. Again, for a kingdom to operate, there must be a governing structure, okay? A kingdom has to have a government. It has to have a structure in order for that kingdom to operate by, okay? That structure is held together by different individuals and offices within that kingdom who provide or take up different roles, okay? In Satan's kingdom, okay, demons or unclean spirits, they're part of that. And their roles that you normally kind of find them in, you kind of find, you will find them as the taskmasters, so to speak,
1: okay? These will be the enforcers or the sub-leadership, okay? Satan, in, in, in the
0: devil's kingdom, Satan is number one, and the unclean spirits and fallen angels will be num- number two. They will be the second in command, okay? The, these, these taskmasters, okay? These enforcers, so to speak. Okay, we learned that demons are spirits. We learned that demons are numerous. <clears throat> we learned that demons can control men. We learned that demons are unclean and violent. We learned that they are aware of their eternal fate. They know where they they know they don't have all forever and a day to carry on their foolishness. They know that. That's why they work hard to get their business done. And see why many people of us playing games with the devil. You better understand something. The devil and the unclean spirit, they ain't playing no games
1: with you. They are about the business. They putting in work to get you to walk away from God. And the longer you don't take none of this serious. The more susceptible you are to the whims and the wiles of the enemy the more likely you are going to be duped. Because you're playing games and the devil not playing none. The enemy not playing no games. The only one who's playing is you. And it's time to wise up and realize you are in a fight. There is a war going on. And you better report to the battlefield in the name of Jesus
0: Christ, covered in the blood, you better report to the battlefield. Because as long as you entertaining shoots and ladders, candy
1: land and rainbows and all this other kind of stuff focused on everything else, you better understand. The bullets of the enemy, his intent, they are whizzing by, getting ever closer to you. You better put on the whole armor of God and stop playing games. So, we learned that
0: they are aware of their eternal fate. And so, they, they're about the business. They're going to try to, they, they're going to, they're going to, they, that they're going to do. They're going to try to maximize the time that they have. We learned
1: that they are in conflict with Christians. Children of God, we need to stop. We got, we can't be naive. Uh uh-uh. uh. We can't do that. We, 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 we can't. We hit <laughs> Ephesians 6 and 12
0: makes it very plain for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And
1: we're gonna discuss a little of that of, of more about that in a little while. First Timothy 4 and 1 Now the spirit speaketh expressly. Now talking about the Holy Spirit. Now the
0: Spirit speaketh expressly. Now watch this, because God's dropping knowledge.
1: That in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing
0: spirits and doctrines of devils. It is a war going on. And unclean spirits, it don't matter whether you want to deal with them or not. You better understand something. They are fighting. If you are a child of God, they are fighting and they are fighting against you. Brother Walker, what are you saying? I'm simply saying that if you are a child of God, you got to fight on your hand whether you want to admit it or not. Brother Walker, man, I mean, I know I'm, I, I believe in God. I believe in, but, you, but know, I don't know
1: about all this demon stuff or whatever. See, that's because you got Hollywood and all this other stuff in your mind. I invite you to get that trash out of your mind. Hollywood in this world think it's a joke, think it's a game, but this stuff is real. This is serious. There is spiritual warfare going on. There is a battle going on. And you are in a war against unclean spirits and fallen angels. You are. And you in that fight whether you want to be in it or not. You got it. Now, either you're going to be the victor in the name of Jesus Christ
0: or you're going to be the victim because you won't use the name of Jesus Christ. But you can, but you can't, you, <laughs> ain't no neutral ground. You don't get to say, I'm going to
1: stay out of this fight. I'm going to let Jesus and I'm going to let the devil do it. Get, uh-uh, get that out of here. You better realize you are in a fight.
0: You know how the devil try to get at the Lord? Do you know how he does that? Do you know how he tries to, how to swing on the Lord? Like he gonna hit the Lord. You know how he does that?
1: He does that through swinging on you. Swinging at me. That's how he does it. He can't get at God. He don't even have access to his presence like that. So the enemy settles for the next best thing and you know what that is? Congratulations, you are the consolation prize. He goes after you. You are in a fight, family. Wake up. It is high time to wake up. We all so not only are they in,
0: in conflict with Christians, But we also learned that unbelievers are susceptible to actual demon possession. Yes. It is the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ
1: that prevents that. That is the only shield against that. You need to understand that. You need to understand that. Unbelievers are very susceptible to
0: demon possession especially when we start using all of those different things like drugs and alcohol and all that kind of stuff the bible actually teaches that those things or th- that would actually be the equivalent of modern day witchcraft
1: yes witchcraft and all that kind of stuff is real and they are tools that the enemy uses. do you know what he uses them for to lower those barriers, so to
0: speak, and to make you more susceptible and easy for hostile takeover.
1: Because that's what demon possession is. It is a hostile takeover. I told you, unclean spirits, they don't like to just be
0: disembodied they don't like to just be out and about they want to they want to affect this world they want to interact with this world they want to interact with the living they want to with 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 the natural they want to interact and so the way that they do that one of their favorite ways to do that
1: is through possession because through the unwitting when they gain entry, they can influence the activities of that person. And
0: and, and it is always to the detriment of that person. Why? Because remember what we learned about unclean spirits. They are unclean and they are
1: violent. Okay? And then the last thing that we learned about them, which is one of the most incredible things, was that, Demons know Jesus Christ as the most high God. And they recognize his supreme authority.
0: And we gave you Mark 1 and 23, um, Mark 1 and 24. So 23 and 24 of uh, Mark chapter one. We also gave you uh, Acts chapter 19, verse 15. And we gave you James chapter two, verse 19. Amen. Amen. I love how James puts it. Thou believes that there
1: is one God. Thou doest well. He says, Good. I'm glad you know that there's only one God. The devils also believe
0: and tremble. You, you need to understand something. That, that's heavy in and of itself. Because a lot of because when when he says the devils <laughs> that 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 the devils that that the devils also believe, when he talks about one God, that, that do you know what that means? That means that they know that God is one, He's not a Trinity. And I know that that's what, there are a lot of people who will be listening to this who have been taught that there is no such thing as a Trinity. It's not in the Word. Deuteronomy 6 and 4,
1: please read it. God And know that God does not change. And he is declaring he is one. And this scripture here is telling you that if you believe that you,
0: that if you, if you believe that God is one, is one you're doing good. Notice, he didn't say you're doing good if you believe that he's three. He didn't say you're doing good if you believe that he's triune or whatever man-made, ridiculous definition we would not come up with.
1: Stop coloring outside the lines and stick with what the Bible says. Don't come up with stuff. The patriarchs of old, the, uh, <laughs> they didn't know nothing about no
0: triune God. The apostles didn't know nothing about no triune God and all the other kind of stuff. And let me tell you something,
1: and you don't know nothing about no triune God because it ain't no such thing as that. God have always said that he's one. And James 2 and 19 says, thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. Just knowing that there's one, God says you're doing good. He said, but even with that, You're doing good, but before you start giving yourself too many brownie points and all this other kind of stuff, you need to understand something. The devils also know this. And they tremble. Why would they tremble, Brother Walker? Because if God is one, and he is, then it means that whatever he says, there isn't even
0: almost the possibility that you can go and talk to some other God, some other version of God. Oh, you know what? I know the father doesn't appreciate that. So let me go and talk to the son. You know, I can't get this in under the son. So maybe through, you, you see how ridiculous and foolish that is. They tremble. Why? Because whatever God says, it comes from a God who is one. And because he is one, it
1: means that whatever he says is absolute. He is sovereign. And if God say you done, you done. So how come the devils know this? (laughs) But we don't. That's a story for
0: some that for another time. That's a story for another time. But anyway, we learned all of those things. Amen. Amen. We learned about the the the, the demons. Okay. So in the kingdom, Satan's kingdom, you got Satan who is the who has the who has the the, the commander role. Okay. So he's the leader role of that kingdom. Then you got his second in commands, those fallen angels, those, those, those unclean spirits. And we, and we tend to refer to them as demons, okay? They are the taskmasters and enforcers and, and the tormentors and the sub and whatever you want to call it. That, that's what they do. That's that second layer. But there's another layer. There's a third layer. OK, there's a third there's a third layer. But before I jump on to the third layer too much to, to really understand the um, the character and the mentality of 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 the demonic kingdom, that second layer, those demons and unclean spirits, OK, to really, really get a good understanding of how they operate. OK, the Bible actually gives us a very good representation of them in the natural, so to speak, OK. In the Bible, um, there is a natural representation that really characterizes a lot of what unclean spirits do. And you can find this in the book of Habakkuk, chapter 1, verses 6 through 11. Okay, It's not talking about demons per se. But when we read through that, you'll see how the characteristics of the demons actually line up with this. They do a lot of the same thing. In Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 6 through 11, the physical representation of the character of these unclean spirits is really personified in that of the Chaldeans or the Babylonians. The nature and the characteristics of the Babylonians and how they operate operate operated really exemplify, so to speak, the characters of 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 these unclean spirit and these fallen angels. Okay, Habakkuk chapter one verses six through eleven says this: For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation. Listen to the language of this, and then see if you can't put together. How and, and um compare that to, to what you know about unclean spirits and demons and 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 watch how similar that they are. For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places. Remember, we are homes, our how our bodies are our tabernacles, to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. Ain't that what unclean spirits do? Possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. And the Bible is telling you that's what the Chaldeans do. That's what the Babylonians did. The character of the Babylonians. And you need to understand something. Oh, I'm going to talk about it right now. The Babylonians were the chastisement that God used and God allowed for the children of Judah or the children or the second kingdom. Remember, the kingdom of Israel was was divided Okay, into two kingdoms. The first kingdom that went by the title of the kingdom of Israel, they disobeyed God time and time after God continuously sent them prophets and so on and so forth. And so what ended up happening is they end up going into Assyrian captivity. That left the southern kingdom or the kingdom of Judah, the sister kingdom. And they kept doing the same thing and went even worse and more ridiculous. They didn't even learn from the captivity for what happened to their, to their northern the northern kingdom, the kingdom of Israel. So they kept going on and on and on until God allowed and had to bring upon them, guess what? God allowed that uh, King Nebuchadnezzar and the kingdom of Babylon or the Chaldeans
1: to come in and they took over. Literally took over. Now, I want you to understand something. The Assyrians and the Babylonians Their characters mirrored that of unclean spirits. The Assyrian army and the Babylonian army were allowed to come in and wreak havoc when the children of God
0: refused to do what God told them to do. In other words, when they decided they was going to walk in obedience, it opened them up for enslavement by the Assyrians or the Babylonians. The same thing happens to us when you decide that you don't want to do what God wants you to do. You open yourself up to the devil. You make yourself a prime target. And I'm telling you, they follow the same characteristic. For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. They are terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and their dignity shall proceed shall proceed of themselves, that means their own will, that means them doing what they want to do, not that they dignify, but meaning that they their own form of justice, thing that they want to do, okay? They're just doing what they want to do, basically. Their horses also are swifter than the leopards and are more fierce than the evening wolves, and their horsemen shall spread themselves, and their horsemen shall come from afar. They shall fly as the eagle that, hasten, that hasteth to eat. They shall come all, watch this, for violence. Their faces shall sup up as the east wind. They shall gather the captivity as
1: the sand. Do you look? Are you hearing this? Are you seeing the analogy? And they shall scoff at the kings and the princes shall be a scorn unto them.
0: They shall deride every stronghold for they shall heat dust and take it. What they're saying right there is, is that they will have no respect for position. They will have no respect for title. They don't have no respect. And I'm telling you right now, unclean spirits do not respect nobody. They look for whoever is open and whatever is open. I hope you hear what I'm saying. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Don't
1: think that you you somehow exempt. No, the devil will use, the enemy will use anybody that he can. Then shall his mind change and he shall pass over and
0: offend, imputing this, his power unto his God.
1: It means he gonna do whatever it is that he wanna do. And he gonna attribute that, all that's to his own power. And that's a small G.O.D. there. That's what the Chaldeans did. And that is what unclean spirits do. So. We learn quite a bit about that second tier demons and and,
0: and hopefully and be aware of this, because Habakkuk 1, 6 through 11, talking about the Chaldeans. And you can even look at other descriptions in the scripture about the Assyrians. You're going to find that they really exemplify the behavior. They really exhibit their examples of the behavior of unclean spirits. And remember that Babylonians and Assyrians and all these things, the, those who got swept up in that
1: of God's people or of people, were those who rebel against God. And I told you, unbelievers are susceptible to demon possession. It's not always like what, the, what, what, what Hollywood makes it out to look like. No, it ain't always like that. Nope. Many of them, people don't realize and understand that they got unclean spirits residing in them. The unclean spirit in one person might be that unclean spirit of unbridled anger. mad at anything and everything and don't know why. All the time, day in, day out. That's an unclean spirit, my friend. That is an unclean spirit. And there are many more examples. That's just kind of giving you an example of, you know, maybe some things that you never thought about.
0: But that second tier is no no joke.
1: And Satan uses them as taskmasters and enforcers to, to enslave. Demon possession is forced slavery. It's a hostile takeover. But it is not all, but it is not the only means that Satan uses. Okay.
0: There's a third tier in Satan's kingdom the third a kingdom won't won't a kingdom is really no good if they're if you don't rule over anything right so a kingdom in order for it to be a kingdom there needs to be subjects right in that kingdom so there is a a there is a populace that make up the kingdom well the populace that makes up the kingdom is fallen humanity fallen humanity makes up the citizenship okay of Satan's kingdom fallen humanity so when we say fallen humanity we're talking about those who have not been who have not been born again according to the scripture notice what I said according to the scripture if you've been born again according to your own way you still part of the devil's kingdom okay If you have not done it the way the Bible says do it, you are not part of God's kingdom because there's only one way you got to go through Jesus Christ, you got to repent of your sins, you got to be baptized in the name of
1: Jesus Christ, you have got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. If you got only one of those and not all of those, you are not saved, you're not done. And until you get all of that,
0: you are still on the devil's side. You need to understand that. You are still a resident
1: citizen of Satan's kingdom. Okay? It is through the new birth experience that you are born again, a
0: citizen into God's kingdom. But until that happens, you are a citizen in Satan's kingdom okay okay and make sure you understand that fallen humanity makes up the citizenship
1: okay they make up the slave labor force because that's what it is by which the will of satan and these unclean spirits is manifested
0: manifest means revealed or made known and carried out in the world we live in do you hear what i'm telling you satan Demons, okay? They enact and operate on this world. They interact with it through their citizenship. The citizenship consists of fallen, unregenerated mankind.
1: They are the labor force, okay? That Satan uses in any way that they allow him to, whether that's straight up possession, or straight up just walking under the influence, operating according to the influence of the world.
0: Doesn't matter which. Okay. First Timothy four and one says this. Now the spirit speaketh expressly, we read this before, that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Okay? Now, you need to understand something. This scripture here says in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Now, what's being referenced here is talking about those who believe, these who are those who are saved. Now, this goes in the face of those who who believe once saved always saved. The Bible does not teach that. And I'm telling you that is a doctrine of devils. That is not there. God, no, 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 no. There's no such thing as once saved, always saved. You got to make it to the end. In the Bible, Jesus said, be faithful unto death. So that means you you got to hold the line all the way to the end. Now, it's not on your own strength that you hold it. It's through the Holy Ghost. And God keeps you. You don't
1: have to try to keep yourself. God will keep you, but he keeps you. As long as you want to be kept, God ain't gonna just keep you against your will He's gonna plead with you. He's gonna try to get you to.
0: He's gonna try to hold on to you. But if you decide that you just want to go, and that is what it's talking about here. now, the spirit, this the capital s, talking about the Holy Ghost. that's God Almighty, okay, not a different God. That's God talking. God speaketh expressly that in the latter times, the last days, these are the days we live in, some shall depart from the faith. You are on the right road, you were saved, and then you go. there are people who are going to leave. So don't get caught up in that, once saved, always saved. No, people use that to enact all kind of foolishness and think that they can get away with it. No, don't walk in that. That's a devil's snare. Some shall depart from the faith. Then he tells you why. How are they going to do it? How is it that people who are saved are going to lose their salvation? giving heed to seducing spirits
1: and doctrines of devils. So let me make that plain to you, because I get this question. Well,
0: Brother Walker, can those who are saved be possessed by the devil? No. As long as you have the Holy Ghost
1: and God resides in you, the devil can't do a thing to you. He can't know, he can't.
0: He, he cannot possess you. Unclean spirits cannot possess you. Not when the spirit of God resides in you. But you better take heed to that scripture that I just gave you. First Timothy four and one. Now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirit and doctrines of devils. Now,
1: as long as you are with God, You are following God. You are obeying God. We're not talking about works. We're talking about obedience. As long as you are on God's
0: side and you you are with God and God is with you, you cannot be. But if you ever decide that you're going to do your own thing and you're going to turn away from God, this is what would be
1: known as apostasy. Okay? You're going to turn away from God. Then you need to understand. If you kick God out of your heart, out of your, out of his, out of that
0: house, out of you, if you kick him out, then you will be open. And free game for the enemy to come in. You So you better be careful. So can they be possessed? Not as long as they have the Holy Ghost.
1: And the Bible teaches very plainly that the Holy Ghost can depart you. So that once saved stuff, you better get rid
0: of that. You better get rid of that. And you better decide that you're going to obey the word of God. Love God with everything you got and he will keep you. You won't have to, trust me, you won't have to worry about a thing. It ain't even going to be a thing that you got to, it ain't trying to keep yourself. No, no, no,
1: no, no, no. You can't earn salvation. Do you understand? But as long as your heart is towards God. God will keep you. Remember, Jesus said this, abide in me
0: first. abide. The Bible teaches that the way you abide in Christ is through obedience. That's what the Bible teaches. We abide in Christ by obedience. And notice the formula, notice the pattern. He says first, he says, you first abide in me. We first start abiding in God by way of obedience. He says, you abide in me. And then he says, and then I,
1: And my father, what? He says, I will abide in you. And since Jesus and the father is one and the same, that's what the scripture teaches. Then in essence, what God is telling you is this.
0: God says, I want you to first abide in me by being obedient to what I said. And he says, as long as you abide in me, then I will abide in you. Do not fall for the devil's trap thinking that you can ever stop abiding in God and that God
1: will continue to abide in you. No, that will not ever happen. God's continued abidance in you is contingent
0: upon you abiding in him. Obedience. This is why Jesus said, if you love me,
1: You'll keep my commandments. You cannot have God living a life of continuous disobedience. If you do, you don't have God. And
0: I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but that is what it is. You do not have God
1: as long as you are not going to have God. And if you keep going too far, the spirit of God is going to depart you. How long you will keep telling God to walk out and you and before he does. He said, I will not strive with man always. I'm not going to always fight with you. Better understand that. Fallen humanity makes up the citizenship. And those who are believers who have been born again, so you're no longer a citizen
0: of the, of, of the devil's kingdom. You start walking in disobedience and living that way and turn your back on God and go back and stay that and stay there. Well, guess what? you are going to revoke your citizenship in heaven and you're going to go back and take a residence in the devil's kingdom. I'm just, I'm, I cannot make this up. This stuff is just right here. Some will hear this. You may not agree. It does not matter. This is what it is. This is truth. Search the record for yourself. Don't just go off of what I said. Read that Bible for yourself. I'm not worried at all about God confirming every word that I'm talking to you about today. Truth is true. And it ain't changing for nobody. And it ain't my truth. This is God's truth. He don't change. His word don't change. John 4, John 8 and 44 says this. Ye are of the father. Ye are of your father, the devil. I'm talking to these these, these, these Pharisees, these, these folks who wanted to, rather, who wanted to accuse Jesus, because Jesus was 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 doing all kind of righteousness, and they 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 they, they was and, and they were trying to accuse Jesus of all kinds of stuff. And Jesus, then they and they were over there talking about their they father is Abraham, man. Jesus had to set them people straight. He said, "Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do." So that means the lust, that means the desires of your father who is Satan. He's saying you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. And we talked about that. How Satan, how Lucifer was seduced and caught up. By reason, his wisdom was was corrupted by reason of his own brightness. He started believing his own press, looking at his own self, getting caught up in his own majesty. And what it did was, was that it corrupted the wisdom that he had. In other words, he was created with truth, to know truth. He knew who God was. He knew all about that. But
1: because he got caught up in his own way, the Bible says that it corrupted wisdom. It corrupted his wisdom, or it corrupted the truth that he knew. And so, when he began to speak, his speaking was that of the distorted wisdom. That is why he is a liar. That is why what the Bible Jesus is talking about when he says he, when he speaketh that when he, that when he speaketh of his own that when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. His wisdom is corrupted and so he speaks what is corrupted what is corrupt what he speaks is distorted is a distortion of the truth And he does it because why the lens through which he views truth his wisdom is corrupted Amen 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 and we learned that in the book of ezekiel okay
0: amen ezekiel chapter 28 verses 12 through 19 okay and in particular you want to start reading at verse 15 and go down through verse 17 okay so that's what what we what i was just speaking that's
1: where where that where that comes from okay now so satan Demons, or unclean spirits, and then you got fallen humanity. These three,
0: these are those are the three tiers of the devil's kingdom. Now, that brings us to some questions: How does Satan get his citizens? How does he just get people?
1: Okay, and you got and and to understand it, you got to first understand the following. Number one, Satan gets his citizens through
0: natural birth now what does that mean it means we are born into sin okay that's how he gets his, this is how he, this is how he gets his kingdom. this is how he gets his citizens the bible says psalms 51 and 5 behold i was shapen in iniquity and in sin Did my mother conceive me? Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, okay? Now, the next thing you need to know, you want to understand, is is that we are all born in, in addition to us being born into sin. Or being born with a corrupt or fallen nature or fallen humanity. Because we are born with this, it means, amen, that we are born into his kingdom by default because of our fallen nature. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 again. And you have he quickened. Okay who were dead in trespasses and sin. So in other words, he says, you have to quicken, that means that he's revived. It means he's resurrected. He's made you alive again, God, okay? You have he revived, have he resurrected, so to speak, had he made alive again. You who what? Were dead in trespasses and sins, okay? Remember, we were born in sin, so which means we were born dead, okay? Wherein, in time past, where in time past, ye walk according to the course. Remember, the course is the government structure of this world. According to the prince, that means as dictated by the prince or the whims of Satan, of the power of the air. That means the kingdom who rules the kingdom, that, un- that, un- that, 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 that unseen or demonic realm. Satan's kingdom, the spirit that now worketh in the
1: children of disobedience. Now watch this. Among whom also we all, not some, whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the
0: flesh and of the mind and whereby nature and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others.
1: So what he was telling was, is that you are born into the kingdom. Satan gets his citizen, every <laughs> mankind that is born now. When you are born, Because your human nature is fallen, you are born as a resident of the enemy's
0: kingdom, okay? You are a citizen by default because your nature is sinful and is fallen, okay? You're born into that. This is another reason why you got to be born again. You can't be part of the devil's kingdom, talking about you going into God's kingdom, it ain't gonna happen. If you're going to enter God's kingdom, you're going to have to be born again.
1: Okay. Now, so that's how he gets his citizens. Now, the way Satan gets his citizens. So we know that they are born into. So by default, we're born
0: into that because of our nature. That makes us residents in his kingdom. Okay. Now, to keep us rooted in that kingdom. All right. To try to make sure we don't leave that kingdom Satan's got to keep order Satan's got to got to keep things going now, how does he do it what does he do okay Satan uses it, it, Satan's got weapons you know okay that he uses tactics and so on and so on and so forth okay and Satan's weapon of choice the thing that he uses the most in order to maintain order within his citizens because remember jesus
1: said a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand and he was talking about satan's kingdom if it was ever divided against itself no 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 so the
0: way the devil keeps order in his kingdom is through the use of his weapon of choice he uses this to enforce. his uh, his law and to enforce his rule, okay? And his weapon of choice also happens to be his lure of choice. It's the thing that he uses to to, to keep his masses pacified. And he also uses it to try to seduce those who have already escaped, who have been born again, to try to get them to come back over to his side. That's how he does it. That weapon of choice or that lure of choice is his voice, okay? The devil's weapon of choice. His lord of choice is his voice. He uses his voice to spread a seducing message, to propagate unholy suggestions. That's what he does to communicate all that kind of stuff. He uses his voice to perpetrate and to put out there his propaganda, his lies, his message, the way he see it from his distorted platform. Because remember, his wisdom is corrupted. So the devil's truth is all a lie because it's corrupted. Okay. Now, remember, I told you that one of Satan's titles is that of dragon. Okay. And dragon, in one, and in one essence, and in one place, it's even called, um, he's even referred to as a red dragon. Okay. But, and I told you that that particular title of Satan represents or is a title that represents, um, that's representative of his. power so to speak or his authority so when it talks about him being a dragon it's really talking about his ferocity or his 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 his, um his his power okay um when we start talking about that revelation 12 and 19 says and the great dragon okay was cast out that old serpent called the devil and satan look at at our word tie it all together which deceiveth what the whole world He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him, okay? Okay, now, so he's called a dragon, okay? That's a title for him. You just, and we just read that. That was Revelation 12 and nine. And it indicates that title really indicates, um, speaks to the devil's, uh, his authority or his power. Now, one of the most prominent features of a dragon or striking features of a dragon. If someone were to depict a dragon or draw a picture of a dragon or whatever, one of the most prominent features of a dragon is always the dragon's tail, all right? Now, dragons have tails and 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 and, and so according to scripture. Okay? so does Satan, okay? It's not not a physical one, okay? Dragons have tails, and so according to scripture, Satan has a tail because he is represented by a dragon, okay? And if he's represented by a dragon, then he has a dragon's tail, okay? And a dragon, a tail for a dragon would often be probably depicted as something that an, a dragon that the thing would uh, would would could fight with, okay, or would fight with, right? Satan uses his tail as a dragon would probably, uh, if there was a real live dragon, a dragon would probably use his tail uh, to, to, to fight with. Well, the devil uses his tail. As a dragon would use everything that it has, the, the devil uses his tail to fight with okay look at revelation chapter 12 verse number four and his tail talking about satan referring to him you know because he's being represented as a dragon and watch what happens and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven. Now, the third part of the stars of heaven is talking about the heavenly host. These are the fallen angels, okay? We just read in Revelation 12 and nine. I mean, uh, Revelation yeah, 12 and nine. We just read in 12 and nine that the dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, Satan, which delivered the whole, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and what? His angels were cast out with him. Revelation 12, 4, and his tw- tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Now, that a portion for his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them out. What he's talking about is the, is the dragon's tail is talking about Satan, his weapon, okay? His voice. How do we know it's his voice? let's go further now i want you to look at the question that we have then because we're saying that his tail is his voice we need to prove that out because we can't just say that we need to prove that out we need to understand what constitutes then because satan is represented as a dragon a dragon has a tail we said his weapon of choice is his voice okay so now we need to prove that he actually uses that tail. Here we go. What is it or that constitutes what is or what constitutes the tale of Satan? Uh, especially since he's a fallen angel and he's not a literal dragon. He's not a literal dragon, okay? He's a fallen angel. So what constitutes the tale of Satan? Because he's referred to He's depicted as a dragon and dragons have tail. So what would that refer to when it comes to Satan? If he's pictured as a dragon, then what would his tail be? Well, the voice of Satan is his tail. A lot of people don't know that. The voice of Satan is his tail. His voice is what is referred to as the dragon's tail. This is what is represented here when he says in Revelation 12 and 4, Tells us that his tail drew the part of the stars of the third part of the stars and did cast them. He drew these other angels to his side with his propaganda, with his voice. Okay, look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 15. Because we're proving it out the ancient and honorable one, he is the head, talking about Israel, and the prophet that teacheth lies. He is what? The tail. See that? Watch that again. The ancient and honorable, he is the head. And the prophet that teacheth lies, he is the tail. The prophet that teacheth lies, obviously, is the false prophet. The devil is a false prophet. And the false prophet, not just Satan, okay? But the message, the, the
1: lying message that goes forth from this false prophet, it is or represents the tale. Because the Bible says that the prophet that teaches lies, he is
0: the tale. And Satan is a false
1: prophet.
0: I'm telling you, this is, I love the
1: word of God. It's, it, it is all in there. The devil, listen, when the devil lies, the prophet didn't just
0: speak of future things, but the prophet also taught the word of God. Do you hear what I'm telling you? So, when the prophet, no, that's why he says the prophet that teacheth lies, not the prophet who's prophesying
1: of the future. Do you hear what I'm saying? He's not operating in the prophetic. This is talking about the everyday message, the everyday aspect or component of the prophet. This says that the prophet that teacheth lies, he is the tale. Satan is a
0: false prophet. He is a liar. You hear what I'm saying? He is a false prophet. He is a liar. Him being a liar makes him a false prophet. He is a false prophet because he lies. And he
1: teaches these lies. And he used these lies. To draw the third part of the stars of heaven. Why? Because the prophet that teacheth lies, he is the tail. Now that has other implications as well because not just Satan,
0: his voice, his message, his lies represent the tail, but also those who communicate
1: who do the devil's bidding who teach lies, who do the same thing. They represent the tail.
0: They represent the voice of the enemy. And that's that's something you need to know. Now, how is how is how is Satan able to seduce so many? Without them knowing what's going on. You ever thought about that? Well, the reason why he can do it is because of this. Satan can transformed. 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15 says this, for such are false apostles. Again, we get into these false apostles, these false teachers, the same thing. Look, he said, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers. Look at what they do. Transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel. In other words, we're not surprised. Why? For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, false prophets and everything else, and he himself also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their work. The devil can transform.
1: This is how Satan is able to seduce so many because they don't know it's him now look when you start talking
0: about um the the, the devil's ability to transform and, and 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 to in order to 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 hide his intent and to trick people because that's what he does and we just read that second corinthians chapter 11 second corinthians chapter 11 verses 13 through 15 okay but um those of you who know about the the deuterocanical books okay okay The Bible talks about the book of Jasher, okay? In Joshua 10 and 13, you have this, and the sun stood still and the moon stayed until the people have avenged uh, avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hasted not to go down about a whole day. So that's Joshua chapter 10, 13, and it's talking about the book of Jasher. So there's another book. So the 66 books that you have, that is not all of the books. We, you don't have all of the books, okay? And not all of them were, were, were necessarily uh, included in the books that you have today. Second Samuel 1, 17 through 18, and David lamented with this, with this lamentation over Saul and over Jonathan, his son, also who bade them teach the children of Judah the use of the bow. Behold, it is written in the what? Book of Jasher so you have this book of Jasher okay and for those of you who know anything about that okay and there are a lot of people that have a lot of different opinions about the the book of Jasher and and all of these different things and if you were to talk to them they'll get into all these kind of debates and all this other kind of stuff and so on and so forth and try to explain why they don't have it and all other kind of stuff but the book of Jasher, Jasher what we do have actually records something that is very uh noteworthy and something that you really should know according, especially when you're trying to understand the way Satan works, because Second Corinthians 11 and 13, 11, 13 through 15 tells you that, uh, that Satan can transform and his, and his minister, they can appear, they can, they can put on a disguise. To try to trick people because remember the question is is how is satan able to seduce so many people without them knowing what's going on well the book of jasher for those anyone who's ever read any of it then you know that the book of jasher carries tales has a lot of parallel accounts of what happened um especially in the uh um the the Pentateuch or the first five books so it has a lot of um parallel accounts of uh the stories of creation, or the stories of 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 Abraham, the story, all of these different things, and and all the way through the Exodus, it has a lot of that in there, and it gives a lot of information about many of the um, of those mentioned. Where in the sixty six books, you don't necessarily have a whole lot of detail, but in here, it adds a little bit more detail and context. And there's act actual, there's actually in the twenty third chapter of Jasher, verses twenty five through thirty three, actually through thirty nine, but really thirty three. There's a parallel account of that um, that gives a little bit more detail concerning Abraham when he was taking Isaac to be sacri- to be when God was testing him to be sacrificed. And in the book of Joshua, it talks about how when Abraham was t- uh, and, and Isaac were on their way along the road, the the word says that Satan came and appeared to Abraham in the figure of a very aged man. Humble and of contrite spirit. And when he came to him, he tried to entice Abraham and convince him not to take Isaac and to sacrifice. And when Abraham rebuked him because he knew it was Satan, the the the, the word teaches that he went away. And then he came back again in the 29th verse of Jasher 23. And he came back again, but this time to Isaac. And he appeared unto Isaac in the figure of a young man, comely and well favored as a peer. Somebody that was his age and and the story goes on and he tried to convince Isaac to disobey his father. Because anybody who knows the story of Abraham and Isaac, you know that Isaac wasn't wasn't a little kid. When Abraham took him up there, he wasn't no little kid. So if Isaac wanted to rebel or to resist, he could have. And so if you have this parallel account. And the reason why I brought this out okay, for you was, was because it gave examples. And, and the end result, that, let me tell you what ended up happening, is, is that it's just as you know, the same story of what happened uh, with Isaac, that it, it went
1: on. But what you have is is that Abraham rebukes Satan again, and he leaves. Amen. The devil is not above trying to appear and disguise himself, working through whomever or whatever. His unclean spirits and all, they're not above that, family. I'm going to read it again. Second Corinthians 11. 13 through 15. For
0: such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel. That means ain't even, ain't, we don't even
1: wonder about it. For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Satan is dark as all get all. By that we mean he is unclean, he is unholy. He is dirty. But he has the ability to transform and make himself appear like he's the right thing, like he's good natured. And the Ajasher account of the testing of Abraham talks about how Satan was so bent on trying to stop what God was doing. That for Abraham, he took on the form of a more aged and wise man. Someone who should
0: have had authority to talk into the life of Abraham. But what he was really doing was talking against the will of God and trying to get him to forfeit the blessings that God had for him.
1: But Abraham was able to see all through that and he rebuked him. And when it didn't work with Abraham, he tried his hand with Isaac. And so he appeared to to Isaac as someone that would be attractive, meaning, or someone that would be easy to listen to. So he appeared as another young person. The devil will ride in on your friends if you let him. He'll ride in on those people, on people that you want to respect, but they ain't obeying the will of God. And I'm setting a warning out for you. I'm putting a warning out for you. People make up the third tier of Satan's kingdom. On the one hand, we have a fallen nature and we're born into it. But the way he keeps control is through his voice because he is a liar and thus a false prophet and a false teacher. And when he
0: teaches lies, then that is the equivalent of the devil who is, a, the, who is referred to as a dragon. That's the dragon swiping his tail at you. And if that tale was strong enough, if that message was seductive enough to seduce the stars of heaven, a third part of the star, which are the other angels, if it was
1: seductive enough to convince them to fall,
0: oh yes, the devil's going to use his tail, his lies, and anyone willing to perpetrate his lie, he's going
1: to use them to keep you good, and happy in his kingdom. That's how he's able to seduce so many people. It's his voice, the devil's voice, but he just simply transforms the package.
0: He keeps the same old message that is anti-God,
1: but he comes at you in a different package every single time. And he comes in disguised as something that you would stop, take heed, and pay attention to. That's how he does it. The devil's a liar. And he transforms. And these are things that you need to know. Because the reason why so many people Let's move from the question of how,
0: how 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 do people become a part of his yeah we are we got that they they they
1: they're born into it because of their fallen nature but the even bigger question is how does he keep you in it through the seduction of his voice and always mixing it up So you don't know it's him. How long are we going to be duped, seduced, and lied to by the devil to do his work? How long?
0: Because that's how the enemy keeps people a part of his kingdom. That's how he keeps control. By repackaging the lies, swiping at you with his tail. But always disguising it as something that will be palatable to you. You got a problem with authority? No worry, the devil will send someone that has a rebellious heart to encourage you to stay rebellious. Do you have a problem with elders? No worries. Devil has sent you someone of your age group, a young person too, with a message that encourages you to keep rebelling against God. And on and on. And on, Brothers and sisters, God bless you. I think we are going to go ahead and stop right here. We're talking about the structure of the devil's kingdom or the enemy's kingdom. Today, we've uh, completed um, that third tier. We talked about those three tiers already. Um, we talked about uh, Satan. We talked about unclean spirits. And this time we talked about, we added that third tier or that third pillar of the enemy's kingdom, because there are three pillars. There's Satan, there's the unclean spirits or those fallen angels. And then there are people or the citizens. And we've talked about all of those three things. And when we come back again, we're going to get into the structure. Okay. So we talked about the, um, the we, well, we've talked about the structure of Satan's kingdom. Okay. But when we get in this next lesson, we're going to really start getting into that government. Okay. How it's ordered. Now we know the three players that or the groups that make it up, so to speak. But then in this next lesson, we're really going to get into okay, the the, the, the kind of the government structure of the enemy and what he does. And all of this is going to help us know more and more how the enemy operates again so that we can pray against so that we can be wise so that we don't be duped and seduced by the devil, because the Bible teaches us that in all you're getting get an understanding. And, and family look, remember we talked about, we start at the very beginning talking about uh, real and how bottom line is, is is this when you step outside of when you decide you're not going to do a God's way, when you jump out of the hands of God, you're gonna land in the hands of Satan. And when you land in the hands of Satan, the least we can do is arm you and let you know, what kind of kingdom you are entering and what you in for because it ain't nothing good and I'm advising you right now to turn back and jump right back into the hands of God but we want you to understand what the kingdom of the enemy is like because when you leave God you go to this this gonna help you decide whether you really want this or not do you want God's kingdom Or do you want the devil's kingdom? And in this lesson, we're going to make sure you have all the information you need in order to make that decision. God bless you. Until next time, have a wonderful, wonderful day.